0: Welcome to the Tej Talks Podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Hey everyone on the gram, we are doing the Property deal Live. Um this is also the last time you're going to see my throw on a live because Saturday is haircut day, so I'm gonna come. Oh up. man,
1: really sad about that.
0: No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, mate. Everything can go. I right. am. Well, sorry for your loss. Yeah, sorry for your loss. Are you ready, James? You're looking like you're doing something. Oh, no, no, ready? no. I'm ready, bro. I'm ready. I am ready. I'm rearing to go. Okay, perfect. Morning, everyone. So yeah, uh, today we're doing pro- episode. What episode is it? Fourteen. 14 episode 14 yeah episode 14 thanks everyone for wow. joining us on uh, episode 14 of the uh, the property duo um before we start actually someone i think literally this morning sent me a message on uh, on on the facebook and it was a testimonial for the property duo and james i think you're going wow to kind of, it was it was kind of it was mainly about you so i don't know why i got sent it but i'll, I'll read it anyway um who is it message. from <laughs> anonymous for public are you serious oh hey man. ted your pod, your podcast with james on men's health blew my mind i think it was mental health one maybe we did um i yeah, listened yeah. to james talking and took me back to a moment in 2013 um where he experienced something similar to what you were talking about thank god it never happened he said you guys are real honest inspiring listening to you and james advice on the podcast gives me hope that my dreams are in the making blessings oh wow that's uh, that's really nice man that's exactly
1: what we thrive to do is just to kind of uplift and you know if somebody takes something positive away from one of our shows we're winning we're winning
0: 100 percent, absolutely so i thought i'd share that with everyone as some good vibes on a thursday Thank the thursday morning <laughs> so on <All> the ones <laughs> i can see james in a discotheque back in the day you know what i mean winding up um wow that's, yep, that's something. So today we're talking about property again. Can you believe it? I'm I'm, I'm already bored about talking about property. Next next week, <laughs> we can't talk about property. It's just unusual. Why is the property do we talking about property? So James, we're talking about something we both do. I do it exclusively. You do it as, as well as investing close from home. We're talking about mm-hmm. investing far from home. There's a really common question that we both get asked. And I think it's naturally a question. When you start out in property, people are like, uh, I live in London, but I mean, I can't really invest in it. Or I, maybe you can, you know, do I go further? How do I make it work? How do you manage? You know, I, was, I did it for Instagram Live the other day talking about my worst deal ever. And people were like, how do you manage the stress? How do you manage the distance? And actually me and James had a chat last night. We thought this would be something really good to co- cover and hopefully helpful to people who are new and people who are experienced because it's a decision that even like, We both invest far from home. I'm sure there's days or weeks. I'm having a week right now where I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? This is stupid. (laughs) Um, Let me just buy 12 more and then I can stop. Literally, I said yes. I'm buying 12 more. I'm done. Fuck this. Threw my toys out the pram. um, And I might stick to Oh, hold on a
1: second. Hold on. Somebody just said I'm echoing. Am I echoing?
0: I shouldn't be echoing. Oh, you know why? My headphones weren't plugged in. They were just put in. Right, you're getting a slap when I see you. No, you can't touch me because distance. Not you're two metres away. Uh, so right, before we get into that, James, before we get into investing from far, right, the juicy stuff, how has your, your week been? Do you know what? My week's, my week's been
1: pretty good. I've, you know, I've had a few ups and downs. I'm winning, though. So uh, I'll take you through the rogue HMO, first of all. So the house is now fully under my control which I'm really, really happy about. Um, like I said to you last week, I actually realized that the tenants are actually really nice guys, you know, just working hard contractors, come home, literally eat, sleep, have a few beers on the weekend, just just normal blokes. So um, I actually took it upon myself to try and help them find places to move because they're a little bit old school they're not down with spare room they're not down with open rent and all of this and they're quite used to walking into an agency and being ripped off so <laughs> i helped them find some rooms i actually put a post out on open rent which is great uh sorry spare room and within about 30 minutes i had people just messaging me saying yeah we've got three double rooms for the last three tenants and if they take them you'll get a nice little kickback i'm thinking what i'm trying to help these guys out and i'm getting a little kickback as well you so love that's kickback, uh, you? Pe- that's pizza pe- wait wait we'll talk about that later well that's the pizza money sorted for this saturday but anyway i'm so glad i got a phone call from him last night at seven o'clock and they said james we have signed up for a new room so that was music to my ears so i now have one tenant out of the six left that needs to move out by the 15th of july and the skips are ordered everything is ready to go man that renovation is about to start so that was a really 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 cool positive um update on the the four houses that i'm buying so last night there's a little thing just that just happens to pop up you know just happens to pop up so apparently there's a slight covenant on one of the properties that stops it from being rented <laughs> as a multi you let no listen listen
0: typical you just not, don't
1: read legal stuff you just don't you're just it, listen 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 i didn't, it's not my fault. I paid someone to do this and they spotted it last, last minute. It's not a problem though. It's not a problem. Apparently it's a 30-year-old covenant and it can't pass from buyer to buyer and we're just yeah. arranging an indemnity policy this morning just to cover that because that would be a disaster, wouldn't it? Buying a property that can only be bought on <laughs> a single layer and you're trying to convey it to HMO. I can see Safe laughing there in the corner because he's thinking, you waste man, you walked <laughs> straight into that one. <laughs> but anyway, so... That's a good thing. Uh, it's been highlighted. And you know what, Ted, you always talk about this, the power of your network. So that came about at about 8.30 last night. Straight away, I spoke to a couple of people that I know who have been in that situation, sent the message straight off to the agent. And overnight, the agent's been able to get in touch with the seller solicitors. They had a reply here this morning at six o'clock in the morning, what they're going to wow. do. So that just goes to show how keen they are to get rid of these places, sell them. And you, not get rid, but sell them. Um, and um yeah everything's been addressed so fingers crossed i'm just doing one last check and that is just to make sure the council are happy with what's been converted and it's not no unlawful um uh, kind of conversion because the thing is the people that i'm buying these off they are put it this way they have been on the times rich list every year since 2013 i'll share this with you later on and once everything goes through i'll tell you who they actually are and the base, the HMO officer said to me, he goes, look, these guys are so damn powerful that we make exceptions for them. Now that got me worried because I thought, okay, if you're breaking the rule for them, that must mean that if they've got something that's a little bit dodge, it might be able to pass for them. But if James comes along, they say, nah, Brown boy, you ain't having this, man. You ain't a top dog. So I thought, let me just double check that before I hand over the moolah. Cause once the moolah handed over, I've managed to get the moolah back once when something went wrong. I'm not confident <laughs> that it will happen this time. Um, But apart from that, um, again, something we talked about, holding yourself accountable. I decided to hold myself accountable a couple of weeks ago and uh, contracted my personal trainer to get me back into shape because Uncle James has been getting a little bit podgy recently and he highlighted this as a problem for himself. And, you know, one of my goals for this year was to be in the best shape that I can be in for, you know, for myself and just health purposes so I'm not being an old fat dad for my kids and just so I've got more energy and I'm absolutely loving it it's bringing back loads of memories from years ago when we used to train hard and we were training all the time and yeah really enjoying that so those are the
0: updates from me Teji boy what about yourself mate your good self what's happening with you amazing um I've only blocked one person in the last week so wow good for you yep yeah i know i think the media has just quietened down so i just noticed a decrease of opinions in the last week actually i don't know if it's related to we can sort of go out and the fact lockdown's basically over for everyone i'm i'm in whole foods yeah just for flour i don't shop there normally yet yeah i'm not i'm not on on hmo money um and people are just like <laughs> like i know we've got masks on but there's like no distance people are just chilling like i'm just like this is not over yet. Like, can you just move away from me, please? Even in whole foods, that's where posh people go. You don't like, so, um, yeah, I think people have been sharing their opinions less the last week, which has been quite nice. I think quite pertinent to the topic today. Um, I've been very stressed out with, you know, removing a builder off a job, but I'm still working with him on other jobs. I'm removing him because he's fired 80% of his team because they were crap and lying and not doing the right things. Um, and then one of his ex lads stole a boiler from my house. So, uh, rip it off the wall. Literally, fat boy came in, um, <laughs> took it off. He chipped my worktop, my marble effect worktop, when he did it and went. Now, we don't have evidence, but we kind of We have evidence, not enough to go to the police. But is it is on basically eBay? They, no? Th- listen, these lot are okay. smart, man. They, they sell it behind her they like they know what they're doing. Um but he basically gave himself away because he's thick. He's not very good at lying, so he kind of gave himself away basically. Um and, and we just know it's him because we know the whole story. He had access, long story. So I had another builder go in who's take who was gonna take over the job and I said, Can you check the property? He goes, Oh your gas man's got a lot to do. I was like, oh, he's basically finished. He sent me a picture of no boy just just the hole for the flu and I was like I was like bruv Where's the boiler? I was like, I swear there was a boiler there. Because <laughs> why is there a hole for a flu but no flu? I thought that was a like, fucking boiler. So, well, hold on, he he nicked the flu as
1: well. Fat boy took
0: the flue as well. Flu. It was a flue oh, extension. Boy, good on you. But it cost me like a. <laughs> it cost me like a hundred extra quid for the bloody extension that we drilled through like six inches of Welsh stone for, and I was like, so I texted the main builder. I said, listen, the boiler's gone. Yeah, there's no signs of breaking. No one's taken the copper pipes. Like this is a, you know, and he was like, I was like, we know who fucking took it, bruv. <laughs> we know. Um, so then we had a chat. And we basically deduced, you know, we worked it out. And I basically said, look, your next invoice, you ain't getting, you're, you're getting 600 pounds less. I don't care if it's, you didn't do it. I know you'd never do, I know you'd never do that. But you're not getting 600 quid, bruv. So do one. He goes, no, 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 you can't do that. He's not posh. (laughs) He's not Boris. But basically, I'm now, he owes me £600 of labour now, which he will be held accountable for because, you know what I'm saying? So I respect that he's done that because it wasn't his fault, but it was his fault because of the Mm. beef they had. But anyways, I'm glad this workman is gone because his quality of work and his attitude and his laziness was just idiot. And guess what? He was going to be the best man to the main builder, and yet he just stole from him can you believe people do that
1: hey no, is. Uh, maybe, maybe he's gonna give him a boiler as a wedding gift
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're you're addicted you're dickhead. so now i've got <laughs> now i have to buy another boiler uh and get my, my boy dave to fit it who's d ludlow our, our friend um to fit it so yeah that's um that's annoying. And then I've got another prop. And so that builder who was meant to come and take over the job, he went and did some work for me in one of my flips that needed like a two days of snagging. Right. Anyways, he sent me pictures and of the work done for payment. And I said, um, you know, Hey buddy, sort of seven things are missing from these pictures. I haven't seen them or, or they're not done. Um, obviously I need to see all the work on your spec that you created before I pay you and he fucking kicked off you gotta work on trust I've never been asked for pictures of like um sockets being fitted I was like if I'm gonna pay you for what you've done I have to be able to see it and before he's like, oh I know you're in London so obviously I'll take pictures of everything I'll be your eyes on the ground I literally asked for pictures of like stuff that was supposed to be done and we just I was just like okay I'm never working with you again then prick. So. <clears throat> yeah it's it's weird man like you people want trust even though they've seen that builders have done you wrong in the past so i'm just having a i'm, I'm beefing all these builders so i'm ready um and i've just got pictures of what you listen to off air from one of my other flips on the market of a pipe that's leaking and causing some stuff which the agent was just like oh yeah you've got a leak you've got a mark moron um so i sent my friend around to paint it but it's not working so yeah, I've got to get the build around to this flip, which is a lot further away than most of my other stuff, which will detract from the other project. He's already late on to get it done, and I think this leads us very nicely to investing from afar, because clearly I'm right now. I'm struggling with it now. If lockdown wasn't a thing and I could go to the investment area, you know, would it be easier? I would say yeah, maybe twenty percent easier. Um, I still have friends, you know, that we know in common who can go and check stuff and who will. But, you know, it it still isn't as easy as, oh, let me just pop 10 minutes down the road to my property and, and check it out and speak to the builders. Um, and, you know, if, if I had a house locally, would the boiler have been taken? I mean, probably not because, well, we'd be in a totally different situation. You can't say, you know, things like that. But, Dude, if you had a house locally, they would have took the windows as well. <laughs> Excuse me. Forget the boiler. Excuse me. I live, I live in Richmond. No, I'm joking. joking. So, right, let's talk about inv- investing from afar. James, uh, how many miles away from your home is the place you invest? Um,
1: it is 280, 280 to 290 <laughs> miles away, roughly.
0: Idea. Oh it's basically Scotland. Well, it is closer to Scotland. No?
1: It is closer to Scotland. Yeah, I have often been up to my
0: investment spot and then gone off to Scotland because it was only like an hour up. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've heard it's beautiful there. And yeah. um, 280 miles by wow, okay, can you really invest far. I invest 130 to 190 miles from uh-huh. my investment area. So n- not as, not as far as you. Um, okay. So I think this sets the scene. How many properties do you have far away? Uh, as,
1: as of tomorrow, I will have the four houses And then I've got the other one
0: HMO that I've just finished up there. So it's a new patch for me. Okay. It's a new patch. So so I have 15 there, all single lets. Mm -hmm. Some are flips, some are um, single lets. And I maybe let's start off with our own experiences about investing from afar. I think, James, tell me, in your experience so far, because I guess primarily you've been in the acquisition phase from a distance and you've done a refurb or two at a distance. Yeah, in the acquisition phase, when it comes to you finding deals, how are you finding them? Two hundred eighty miles away. Well,
1: I think initially it was a lot of damn hard work, man. A lot. Um, initially, there was a lot of trips up to our investment area. I spent, you know, good three, four days in a trot there, booking out slots with agents and really getting to know people who are selling, uh, getting to get a feel for the area, knowing who's who in the area, and you know what? It's surprising. Just spending three or four days in a certain area, you get to know a lot of stuff, man. You get to know who the big boy investors are, who's buying up a lot of the stuff, and just driving around, you know, looking at construction sites, seeing what's going on, you realize that, yeah, okay, people are doing certain things in a certain way. But initially, it was kind of very, very difficult, man. Initially, it was very difficult. I spent a lot of time in the area trying to work out what was going on. And then even after I'd found the area that I was looking at, um, I still had to try and find people that I could trust. Now, that was the biggest thing. You know, it's all good knowing how you can do this, but you've had this past experience in the past where you've had a PM um, and your project manager's been, you know, not so good or promised Mm -hmm. you certain things and hasn't delivered. So when you're investing from far, it's always those kind of fears that kick in. But in answer to your question initially yes i spent a lot of time in this bloody area you know away from home staying in hotels and and just i remember at one point just looking at this in the hotel i sitting there thinking why the hell am i doing this man why don't i just go somewhere closer to home and then i thought no if i get over this initial pain here this initial pain barrier i know i can make this work because i know people that have done in the past so that's how i kind of I found my, my investment spot by spending a lot of time there initially myself to begin with.
0: Mm, okay. And I think I'm the same. You know, Spent time there, got to know people, went to networking events, did digital networking, spoke to every agent. You know, when you get friendly with agents, they also tell you who's, who are the mm. big people in the area, who do you know in common, who do they not like, who do they like, things like that. So, again, it's people. like Having that relationship and spending the time on that relationship means that you get the knowledge – that is kind of behind the scenes, you know, you can go on Google research an area, you can walk along it, you can have these top level conversations. But when you find out what goes on behind it, that's when you really find an area um, and understand like what, what the area is like, what it's about, how things go on, what the local culture is, you know, what roads not to invest in, what roads to invest in. And, you know, it's one of these things when you're starting out, go there for a week, you know, go there for, go there for a month, depending on your flexibility and your like ability and time, spend time there and just walk around and be around because, even from like just people on the street, especially in community kind of driven areas, like yeah, in places like in the north and things like that, like you 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 just find things out right. Uh, even from shop owners, like if there's a shop but there's an empty house on the road, go and ask a shop owner, do you know who you owe, who owns the house? I'd love to convert it yeah. into something meaningful. Um. Do you, you know, now, now that we both know our areas, do you now do you find it hard to find deals and do you get it, do you have to still go up, do viewings, come back, go back, or do you get them from your network?
1: Um, it's pretty much from the network now. So I like like I said, I mean, I spent a lot of time there and I honestly feel a lot of the agents were vetting me as a person to see what I was like as a character, to see what my personality was like, to see what my, you know, what my ethics were all about. And how was I? You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a southerner coming into a community. Like you said, it's a community that's quite tight. Every investor knows each other. Now, I'm trying to break into this community. Now, lucky for me, I was quite well receptive. You know, I came in. People took me. You know, I, I went out for dinners with people. I had lunch with people. And I got on with people, you know. The personality was there to have a relationship with these people. And I think that's what got me the trust. I didn't go in thinking, oh, yeah, I've bought houses in the past where I've paid more on flipping stamp duty than you're selling this property for. I didn't give it all that nonsense, you know, because at the end of the day, I've got that thing where I respect people, I care about people, and, you know, I'm bothered about what they think. So I spent a lot of time um, seeing what these agents were about, you know, talking to the agent, have you got a family? You know, have you got kids? How are you? How do you find your job? How is it up here? I wanted to know a lot more about them as a person because you forget these agents, man, they're, they're, they're human beings as well. How many people walk through the door every single day and say, Well, I'm a big shot investor from down south. You got any deals, mate? Loads of people. Loads of people must be ringing them up and they must be thinking, oh, I'm not one of those southern pricks again, you know? So I knew straight away that we had to build a relationship with these people, and that's exactly what I did. And, you know, to start with, Yes, I was having to look at stock online on auctions, and I realised at auctions very early on that my business model was totally different from somebody up in the investment area because I I realised they're they're quite stringent on their criteria. They won't move five or six hundred pound either way. Whereas you know, for me down south, it was okay. I could I would go a little bit higher because I'm getting the yields, I'm getting the percentages. So where, for example, they might only go to. Seventy-five grand or seventy-six grand at a particular auction, um, I could go an extra couple of grand, so I knew I was going to win it. So the first place I ever bought at auction, I knew at least ten people were going for it, but I won it because I could go that extra. And I thought to myself, these guys won't even budge two hundred and fifty quid, you know. So I realised early on that I had that slight advantage. But I think now what's happened now is because I've got into uh, a kind of a set crowd now I'm in with a few agents and they know I don't bullshit. Them. If I say I'm going to buy something, I'm going to buy it. Um, I get now I'm now being offered stuff, which is, which is great position to be in man, because I know people are trying to get into that investment area and they're looking at right move. And I would, do you know what? I have never looked at right move for my, any of my deals in this particular area. Cause I feel the minute it's gone to right move, it's been, it's, it has been right rejected. You know, it's been rejected by a few investors. That's not to say you don't find deals on Rightmove that you can value add to, that you can convert and make more kind of, you know, money out of or make them into something special. But my honest opinion is, if you're getting a real damn juicy deal, it's coming to you before it's even reached the open market. An agent's called you and he said, James, I've got these coming to market. They're right by the university. Do you want them? I can get them for you. And my answer is yes. Give me as many as you got, man. I'll take the lot um because it's all about relationship building and people still say to me today they say how the hell did you get in with that agent it's taken me 10 years and he still won't offer me stock and it's like well maybe you just don't know how you're talking to him you know take an interest in the guy i bet you don't even know his surname i bet you don't even know the name of his kids i bet you don't even know what car he drives you know so start taking an interest in people and you'll find agents are human beings The minute they give you their mobile number and you've got them on WhatsApp and you're exchanging conversation, you're at a totally different level with them. You've bypassed every other buyer uh, and you've got a a real special relationship where they're going to start offering you. So now, um, very, very rarely do I go and uh, look for a deal. A deal comes to me. And then there's even been times where I haven't even viewed them and I've just bought them. But, you know, recently I've decided it's probably a good idea to view stuff just in case there's a massive crack or it's going to fall down. But, you know, that's the kind of trust level I've got with the agent that I would take it on what he says.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a great point there is like, is focus your time because you have limited time up there. Focus it on what is going to bring you more results, which is not necessarily viewings and Meeting loads of agents, or it could be finding a few and actually focusing on the person, like James said. And I've I agree. I've had the same thing, the same sort of response when you focus on the person. I think when you start out, you know, when you're on a viewing, for example, you need to look at the house, of course, because you're less experienced. You're going to miss stuff that could be more costly. But over time, and I got a chapter on this in my book. Over time, it switches. You know, at the start, it's like eighty percent on the property, twenty percent on the agent. Now it's like 80%, 90% on the agent when I go to a viewing and then it's like, yep, yeah, 10% on the property because you just know, yeah. oh, same shit, same issue, yep, yeah, seen it, yep, yeah, seen it, or 15 grand refurb, Yep, yeah, done. And you kind of know and you have your contingency, you know what you're doing but you're focusing on the agent because he or she is going to bring you those deals. Um, you know, what you said about right move is interesting. I think those deals that make it to right move are where deal sources um, source all their deals from. Um, no, kidding. But, if you, I, I think you no, can not. source. I think yeah, I'm not really no. I think you can source on Right Move. I bought <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. I think I bought five out of fifteen deals, for, and they were on the market. Um, whether I got a discount because of my agent relationship is a different story. But I have found stuff on Right Move and bought it, and it works. But I get what you're saying. Of course, you want you want to be pre Right Move. Um, and I will only come with agent relationships right i think you know to kind of maybe go on another side of what you're saying even sometimes with agents they you know a deal will come online or a deal might be shown and unless you can view it within a few hours or same day or get someone to view it is gone i'm sure we've all experienced this and of course if you don't live locally and you don't have someone who can do viewings literally on demand you can miss some great deals that are online because of the time you know i've said can i do something yeah sure next day 10 a.m sorry ted all viewings canceled Is gone see the
1: way i get around that is if i'm really hungry for a thing and i'm and i'm miles away and i can't get up and see it i will tell the agent look go to site get me on facetime and walk me around this video so you are showing me the thing and i will take it i will take it based on what you're showing me on the thing and that way you know look let's face it if you've, you've had an offer agreed when you do physically view it if there's something drastically wrong you still got time to sort that shit out you know yeah but for me you got to be ready to you know you got to be ready to commit when a hot deal comes along you can't be sitting there thinking oh man what if this doesn't work out what if this doesn't happen get those what ifs out of you. you still got a period of time where you can you know negotiate further if you need to or you can address issues between the time of your offer being accepted and being ex- you exchanging contracts. You've still got a long period of time where you can sort shit out. Commit first and then work the rest out later.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, someone, also someone said in on Instagram, and I guess it's a good question as well, is why do we choose to invest from, to invest afar? I think for me, probably similar to yourself, it's we can do stuff in London where we live, but holding a buy-to-let in zone four, zone five, you know, kind of place that we live, it just the yield... For our sort of BRR, the yield is not there. You know, I don't think you can pull out a huge amount of money unless you're doing a new build like James did. Um, Mm -hmm. You can't just buy single lets here and just boom pull out everything, pull out everything, go again. So for me, it's like I get the same. And actually, if you listen to our last episode, you'll hear this. Me and James get the same ROI on his London uh, new build rental as I do in the middle of bloody forest, two hundred miles away. It's the same mm-hmm. percentage return. So it might be less money, but the percentage return is the same. Therefore, it makes more sense to do it there because I can get money from an investor, do it, pull it out, go again, or return it and then go again. So for me, yes, there are options, which I'm going to be exploring in, in, a, in a few months when I move to a different part of London. But yeah, for me, it, it just makes so much sense and the deals are unmatched. James? Mm. Same?
1: No, I agree. I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, I've got bits going on in London. I haven't got anything at the moment. But, you know, to give you an example, when I was doing my new build, one of the things that I really suffered on was cash flow. And I needed to address that. Hence the reason why I started a major project while I had my new build going on up in my new patch. Because I knew the new build, what a new build does is just sucks you of money, man. Straight up. You know, you're just, you see a big pot of cash it just sucks you and there's nothing coming in for ages you know even when it's built it's going to take ages before it's let you've got all the certificates signed off you've got everything done so i knew that i needed to invest in an area where i could get high cash flow for a relatively small outlay and i identified that area and now that's what i do you know i'm you i know purely that my patch in the north it ain't going to increase like London. You know, I mean, some of the things I own up there are the cheapest in the portfolio, but they just, you know, they net so well when you look at them and they give you such little amounts of fucking issues and problems. And I look at them on paper, I think I haven't had an issue with this thing for seven months, nothing. And even if I had have an issue, it's been addressed by the agent and they've just invoiced me for it. And when you look at the invoice and you think, huh, that's a bit cheap, isn't it? You know, obviously I'd never say that to them, but you think, that is a bit cheap, but cash flow strategy is my strategy up north. Down in London is my capital appreciation strategy. And that is the reason why I went up north, because I I, de- I identified very early on that I needed cash flow alongside my strategy here in London.
0: Uh, James, Lemon Street Property says, James, how did you decide on the area 280 miles away before going up there? Um, here, here's what I actually want to re- reframe that question, because I get asked it all it the time. It's pretty easy. <laughs> And it's, there's a lot of generic answers, strong rental, strong sales, blah, blah. Have you got a particular reason that's non-generic?
1: Well, yeah, I'll tell you how I did mine, yeah? You're going to find this quite funny. I went on to Google and I typed in a search bar, highest yielding areas in the UK, simple. A list came up, I explored, I explored all the areas and I picked the area
0: that worked for me. That was my uh, research. What You said works for you. What does that mean? Well, I picked the highest one. <laughs> so you went on a
1: list and said number one yeah but you know don't get me wrong there was stuff on that list that was article four there was a lot of stuff on there where you needed serious planning so i was able to quickly cross that list out um and then when i did find the area that i wanted uh bang it was there you know i went off and did what i needed to do how was it for you how did you how did you find your area
0: but, um, did I even go on a list like that? Yeah, so I, did I a think list you didn't like use a saucer, this. did you? I did use a, a bad saucer for the first deal, um, and then, but it wasn't like him. It was literally the fact that I did research beforehand. You know, what I did. I think I looked at people like in different areas showing the deals they got on social media, and then I looked at a list like James did. I looked at a map and said, "What's close? What's this?" But honestly. It was like, it's generic, strong sales, strong rental. You can do BRR. It's it's like, everyone thinks there's like the, the golden area. And it's like, no, there's like, a, a there's, quite no a few, there's quite a few areas you can do BRR and then pull all your money back out. And I haven't got the best area. I think Liverpool is probably one of the best, if not the best areas to invest right now and for the next X many years. Um, but everyone thinks there's some, you know, just because you make it work there, I make it work here. She makes it work in London. We, that's because we're making it work. It's not because the area is, is special. But of course, you know, you go into Earl's Court, you're probably not going to get a BRR. But you go to Manchester, well you, you might do, you know, compared to, say, somewhere like Earl's Court. It's like prime London. So, James, like, how do we manage? Like, do do you have any systems? Do we have any systems or processes in place to make our life easier or that we should put in place when we're investing from afar? Uh, Number one, I am a very, very,
1: very strong, strong fan of project managers. I think project managers are a must, you know, and I think we are joined by a project manager online today. I can see him. And oh, oh, hello, hello. He's he's not even looking at the camera. My man's just having a coffee looking at his screen. I can see him right now. He's got a shiny bald head as well. <laughs> anyway, um, he's not listening. <laughs> so I think a project manager is an absolute must, yeah, uh, for me, especially being that far away. Because, you know, you look at it on figures and you think, oh, my God, he's going to charge me 10% or 12% or 15% or whatever he's going to charge you. And, you know, you think, I could save that cost. But it's a false economy, man, you know, because when something goes badly wrong, your project manager's there, man. He's almost like your counsellor. He knows about it before, and he's addressed it before he's even come to you and told you the problem. That's what I found with my project manager. Now, the weird thing was, my project manager actually interviewed me, which was great. I thought this was fantastic because he needed to know that he wasn't working with a prick. No smart jokes there, Ted, all right? And stop with the filters before you start with these filters. And I'm not putting constantly. filters on IG. Don't worry. Don't, okay. so- you need to. I think you. You need to interview your project manager. Your project manager needs to interview you. You need to know that you're going to get on because you're into this for a long time. You know, it's like a relationship when you find yourself a girlfriend, a husband, what, a wife, a husband, whatever. You know, there's a certain kind of criteria, or you might see if you get on as people. And I think you need to do the same with a PM. I'm a massive, massive, massive fan of PMs because they save you so much hassle. They save you so much shit. And if you've got a really, really good project manager, my God, this guy is going to be able to predict the costs on a project almost down to the nearest hundred quid. And I recently met someone like that. I had a, I had a late night call with someone who could tell me how many bloody screws we needed for a, for a door frame, you know? Um, so there are some project managers out there that are absolutely fantastic, man. Like really know their shit inside out. And like Ted has had experience, there are some bad ones. But if you're investing any more than I say, 150, 200 miles away, you know, I would have a project. You know what? Forget that. Scrap that. I'd have a project manager if I was 100 miles away.
0: Oh, so decisive, me, pro- decisive. I. You, on the other hand, are a tight ass. So you probably haven't got a project manager, have you? No, I haven't. Because um, most of the ones I'm I've spoken to ass. are shite. They're not actually project managers. I even work with a PM who was a PM as his day job for construction and he was a tool. Ha, get it. Um, So I think, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Tough crowd, tough crowd. So like, I think that I, I agree with the premise. You need a good project manager. Now, if I had a project manager like you did, would I work with them? Yes. But in order for me now, now I've reached a point where I'm like, you know what? this is bullshit. I I can't be arsed dealing with this anymore. Um, Mm. I want to focus my time on other stuff. It was cool before, like it was fine. But now I want to do some flips in London. I am like, fuck this stuff. So um, I basically am going to reach out to some of my friends in my investment area who also investors and say, look, give me an hourly rate. Give me a, just give me something. Give me your, your cost as a human to, check up on things i don't need them necessarily to like actually manage i don't need them to necessarily be like why are you doing this why are you doing that i need them to be my eyes on the ground and yeah. to essentially allow me to send a text saying the right thing in the right kind of way um and to keep up with progress and to make sure that things are being done the right quality you know to be my eyes and my hands on the ground to feel you know touch the wall does the kitchen thing open or is it just looking like it's going to open are the doors actually commissioned so I think there's other ways to do it but I'm not opposed to you know paying 10% as long as I can see the value and it's like totally hands-off and I'm yet to experience that um and yeah I mean I guess refurb for me is the most <laughs> fun uh part of property so I kind of like to be involved in that sense but with something like construction you do need someone human physically there to to see it because videos and pictures are never ever ever going to show you the same as what it is in real life and i've experienced that you know i've seen pictures and said okay that looks that looks okay i got there and i was like oh okay cool this is shite and Mm. like you know even with agents like i've had letting agents who just don't tell me stuff that was wrong in the house and then i get a new letting agent after i fired the shit ones and they were like ted do you know xyz like, I'm talking about a door not being hung, just laying against a wall. And this agent had viewing <laughs> two months, didn't tell me anything. And then the new one comes in, he's like, Ted, someone take the door off. I was like, Fuck, Builder, go fix it. You want to fix it? But I was like, bruv, like three. No wonder you didn't bloody let the house out, you shit agents. Um, so, and they actually came referring. You know well. Te- sorry, just to add to that, Ted, you know what
1: you said? Uh, it's very much hands-off. Now, let me give you an example. So my most recent project that I finished up in our spot, yeah? I spotted it in an auction catalogue. I bought it on the phone. I didn't even attend the auction. So it's going back a few months. Bought it. The first time I viewed this place was when I met my PM on site. I viewed this place, so that's the first time I've been to site. The second time I went to site was kind of like halfway in. Sorry, no, just start of the build. Third time I went to site when was the build was coming to the end and the fourth time i went to site was when we did some photographs so four times i went to site and this was a back to brick renovation a major renovation we had to build a support wall uh, we did a whole loft extension six on suites uh, heating systems everything everything was redone in this house windows brand new dude the guy did everything for me in the sense of getting all the quotes. He beat up all the builders on prices as well. And you know what? He had a lot of issues. He had some serious issues. But one thing he didn't do was make them my issues. Every mm. time I spoke to my PM, he had a massive smile on his face. And he was always so positive and upbeat. And you know what? That's what you want from a PM. You know? you're, you're paying a guy to take this stress away from you. And I always say... That, that was one of my most enjoyment enjoyable constructions because I had to do sweet F4. The only mistake I made with that was not putting into the scheme of work there or scope of work that I needed him to kind of finish everything off. So I'm talking like hang the TV, put the kind of soft furnishes in place. But I'm definitely doing that this time around because that takes some time to do. And I want to put that in the scope of works. But other than that, man, What a guy to work with. And every time I do see him, it was more so being about social, having a bit of lunch, discussing the next project and just having a laugh generally. So it was nice beating up with my PM. And I know he had some serious issues where he had a builder walk off on site. Someone left the roof open while it was raining, you know, uh, issues with finding tiles, issues with finding all kinds of shit. There was major issues. But what did he do? He resolved the issues, then told me about the issue. And I was like, whoa, I never knew about that. And he's, his response was, it's not your job to know about it. It's my job to fix it then tell you
0: how I resolve mm, it. Tell them. I love that. That is the sign of a good project manager. Now, someone said in the chat here, where do you find a good project manager? And I, you know, it's not the same as where do you find a builder? Where do you find an agent? I think... For me There's a lot of networking. A lot of networking. Yeah, because I don't know, they don't necessarily seem to come to networking events. So don't weird, they don't seem to advertise their service. I don't know. Like I I just find it difficult to like spot them, like or even find them. So I mean I think sources project manage their own projects, but they're not project managers, unless they are by trade or by training. Um so you could speak to a sourcer and say, Would you PM this? But don't expect them necessarily to actually project manage it. Expect them to just take money and do some admin and take some pictures, but some will actually manage it. Well, James, one thing which we haven't sort of touched on is the emotional side of investing far from home, because I think <clears throat> you've had a PM who we both know, we were trust and I would work with him as well. And like, so you were kind of more shielded perhaps, but I think from my experience, because I'm sort of hands on, hands on phone, um, I feel like a lack of control so quite distinctly i would say especially like this week and and weeks when these things happen you're like you know like little jobs sometimes you're like you know what if it was local i'd go do it myself it would take me 15 minutes i'm not a skilled tradesman but i can do some stuff um or if there was like you know an issue of snagging or needing to look at the property before paying i would just pop over and look I i would i would say don't send me pictures I'll just pop over. Um, or when things happen, I've got this leak and I need to go get someone to fix it. I'm like uh, on my phone trying to do it. And I know that's the modern way of being and it should be normal to us. But I think you really feel a lack of control because you just can't go there, meet someone there. You can't look at it yourself. You know, you can't sort of assess it. If there's some rubbish in a garden that needs clearing, I would chuck it in my boot and go to the, t- like there's little, little things Um that you could do so much quicker than someone else. And that when they're happening, you really feel a lack of control because you're like, uh, and, and it's strange because you don't need to physically be somewhere to be in control. But honestly, I think for me, the biggest stress is lack of control. Look, copper fit is coming in tomorrow. I haven't seen pictures of the floors today. Are they ready? Why are you not responding? Mm-hmm. Like things like that, that no one talks about. No one talks about on property courses or any training mm-hmm. is how out of touch you can feel, and look, I like to be in control and I feel like I need to be in control. If you're someone who's a bit more casual and maybe doesn't, then maybe you won't feel this stress. Maybe you'll feel a different stress. But for most of us as entrepreneurs and CEOs and the ones who are controlling everything happening, you know, it just it really, the distance can really fuck with your mind. And I haven't got a a technique or a strategy to deal with it apart from just general, you know, stress exercise, eat well, all that kind of stuff we covered already in a different podcast. I think you either sort of get used to it or it eats you up or you just say, I'm not investing from far anymore. Or you find someone local to help you or, you know, it, it really will upset you and affect you when you, you have a lack of control, especially when things go wrong. When it's good, you're like, well, I don't give a shit if I'm not in control. but The second yeah. it goes wrong, you're like, oh, you're not getting in the car you're not going to go 200 miles for like one thing you're going to wait days to get someone over to fix it to find someone to blah 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 blah. so that's something that's not spoken about but oh my god trust me i think the bottom the bottom line is you got to work out are you a
1: property investor or are you a bloody builder do Mm. you want to be on site do you want to be doing these little things get that right in your head if you're a property investor then you should just be investing in properties. You should have tradespeople doing stuff for you. Everybody should be doing something for you. You know, for me, this HMO project that starts in two weeks down the road, dude, I could walk there. It's 300 meters away. Am I getting my hands dirty? No because I'm not making that mistake of working in my own project. I want to work on my projects. I want to see, I want to be oversight everything and working on multiple sides. I don't want to be there in my builder's boots. Look, I'm perfectly capable with my hands. You know, I can do things. I can do a lot of things and, and I have done in the past, but I'm not planning to do anything in this one apart from walking in there a few times a week and making sure shit's done because I'm an investor. I'm not a builder. I am not. I. I don't want to be someone who goes in there and paints stuff or does that. I want to be looking at the schedule of work. I want to be looking at costings. I want to be looking at how things are moving along. Are they moving along nicely? I want to be knowing, okay, we're getting towards the end now. Have I started my refinance process? Have I got the correct licenses in place? All that shit that is important stuff that we forget about, that's the stuff I want to be working on. And I think if you're not one of those people, then you, know, you need to make a lot – you need to give – it's a long, hard decision because if you're going to try and manage it yourself and you're going to be going there all the time doing work, all you're doing is creating yourself a job, and you
0: might as well just stay in your nine to five. But sometimes I disagree totally. Sometimes you have to go and do stuff because, for example, your carpet fit is coming tomorrow. The builder's fucked off, and you need to pick stuff up off the floor. And it's Monday, and they're coming on Tuesday. I would do that. I don't give a shit. I'm not yeah, going to call yeah, the carpet why,
1: why has that? Why has that not been done prior to the carpet fit? See, if you had a project manager you would know this project no, manager would have said I've a had a project ago. manager no, no, no. nope I've
0: had a project a manager. a good project manager a good project manager oh yeah of course if I had if I had a good project manager which in itself is a mammoth task then yeah yes this wouldn't happen I agree I absolutely agree but okay l- l- let's let's say yeah let's just argument's sake a project has gone swimmingly yeah but we're at literally that point before carpets and the builders left some crap on the floor and he's gone on another job what a- let's just say this right I would rather spend an hour chucking some stuff out of the way, right? Then have paid a project manager a thousand pounds for a project that went swimmingly without them. Does that make sense? Now, often this is what I have. So when we have a project, normally it's this last 10% that something goes wrong in, right? And I get, you could say, oh, but pay a grand just for the last 10%. I'm not going to do that, right? And so, but end of the day, I don't actually go there. My point is this, that I feel because I couldn't just go and do something little and get it resolved and get the carpets in a week earlier and get rental a week earlier and pay my investors a week earlier, which still costs hundreds or thousands of pounds, depending on where you invest. I would, if it was down the road, do something small like that. But because I'm not, I'm forced more to be what you're saying. But my instinct is if there's a small thing that needs to be done, I'm going to fucking do it because like it's my business. And at this stage where shit needs to get done and every day costs money, I will do it, but I'm not going to, you know, if it's a whole wall that needs painting, I'm not going to do mm-hmm. that. If it, I'm not going to fit a kitchen. If one handle fell off yeah, of a kitchen yeah. and my builder said to me, bruv, it's a week till I can get there. I'm going to fit the fucking handle. I'm going to go fit it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, because for me and we're in different situations and this is interesting of what like our portfolios and our growth I'm in that, you know, I would say the the early, very startup hustly stage, as much as I've been in it for a year or whatever, and I've got all these properties, it's still in that stage for me. But in, you know, we have this discussion in six months. It won't even mm-hmm. be a, it, it wouldn't even be a topic of discussion. It would just be, yeah, I ain't doing anything. Look at my hands and moisturized today. I am not going anywhere. See, I think, I personally think you're at the
1: point now where, um, you probably need someone full time on the ground in your investment spot because you're you're you've got multiple projects going on. So for me, it would make logical sense that you have someone on the payroll that's just always there because you've sometimes got two, three projects going on at once. It's, it's very unrare. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's very unlike you not to have something going on, you know? So maybe even on a part time basis, someone is there full time looking after your stuff. Mm. Um But yeah, I hear you. I mean, if you're one of those people who's prepared to do stuff yourself, I don't want to do that because I know what happens. A small thing leads into a big thing. Big thing leads into a bigger thing. And, you know, before you know it, I'm hanging doors. I can hang a door. I don't want to be hanging doors, you know, or I'm starting to do
0: stuff. And it just takes away from your vision of what you're actually trying to do. I I, I agree. And it is, you know, the aim is to be a business owner. Um, And yeah, I mean, I mean, well, I don't know if I'm buying anymore for however long, but once it picks up again. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to speak to people that we know and say, look, you know, how much, how much do I need to pay you to just to just be my eyes and my ears and my hands on site? So yeah, it's, it's definitely going to happen. Um, I think maybe a closing question is with our experiences, good and bad, uh, you know, would we recommend that others invest far from home? or has the experience and the stress and we had enough and we're like, no, don't do it people. What, What do you think I'm interested?
1: I, I wouldn't put anybody off of it, but what I would say is have a, have a look at yourself as a person, you know, look at yourself. Are you one of those people that needs to always be getting involved or, you know, getting, getting yourself in and making a lot of noise and making stuff worse for people. If you are, don't bother looking at investing from far because you're gonna you're gonna send yourself do Lally because you're always going to be thinking about doing stuff. Um, there are ways you can do it, and there's plenty of people. You know, look take take uh, take our friends at Maygreen. You know, they live in London. All their HMOS are up in Manchester. They manage them all from a distance. Mm-hmm. you know they've got certain software in place and there is certain software in place now that allows you to do that you know with the use of VAs with the use of websites such as open rent um spare room you know you can get yourself seen on Zoopla you can get yourself seen on right move so you're you know you don't need an agent to start with then if you've got a VA and you've got a system and a business model in process uh, there in the background that can unload someone you know bringing a bringing a new tenant get them going through the whole process. You've got stuff like Arthur online as well, which helps you manage tenants. So there's a lot of damn software that can help you do it. It's just, are you prepared to put the legwork in initially? And are you prepared to take, like Ted said, the emotions that sometimes kick in because you're like, you could be sitting there at night thinking, Oh my God, what the hell's going on? I haven't been able to speak to someone. Is my house still there? I don't even have the neighbor's telephone number. Oh my God, who should I call? What should I do? Should I jump in my car? No, I can't do that. And you know, you got to be prepared because it is a, it's a bit of an emotional roller coaster at times.
0: Huh. All the time. Um, I, I agree. And I think Filters. when you're, <laughs> I think when you're, are you laughing at my filter? Yeah. Um, I'm just a TV star. Can you let me just be a TV I'm, star, please? I'm gonna add one um, else. all the homes under the hammers didn't get back to me on my two properties. <laughs> Fuckers. Um, I don't watch that show anymore actually <laughs> after that. Waste, man. So, uh, uh, you know what? I think I echo your sentiment and, it is possible and some of the best deals are going to be far from home. Well, it depends where you live, actually. But some of the best deals may be far from home. You're going to get deals that you couldn't get anywhere else. You are going to have a roller coaster. Look, you know what? In my opinion, with buy to it might be different with HMOs, but you, again, are very good at outsourcing, so probably not. When you're growing and you're buying and refurbing, it's busy, it's a roller coaster, shit is crazy. But when you're renting, silence. At least with buy to yeah. I yep. hear yep. nothing. One tenant yep. messaged me the other day saying, can I put a shelf up? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, by the way, does your boyfriend want to clear a garden for me? Like I've got some work. Yeah, he does. Sorted. That's it. The other one, just checking everything's okay with coronavirus. Done. The other one, I never hear from him. Some, some leak happened and he went and fixed it. Well, he got a company in to fix it. And I was like, bruv, I'm the landlord. I pay for this. I fix it. Let me. Nothing. Just keeps paying the rent. Um, And this keeps happening. And... Yes. Corona has had a little bit more of, you know, I've had to kind of be like, how are things going? Do you need to work something out? You know, what, what how can I help you? It, it's being paid. Um, and they're all generally really nice. I quite like some, some of the tenants. Some of them I don't talk to that much, but you know, when you, when I now say this to myself and I look at my, I was looking at my bank account yesterday and seeing rent, rent, rent. I have not worked in the past month to receive that. Yeah. Like yeah 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 you could say yeah I've had to text it, but that ain't work but I text you it literally is the same so you know as much as the hustle and the grind and the startup is so painful like it is grind is such a yeah. good word because it fucking grinds you and it can be soul destroying right especially with builders um like but the result I'm not saying oh I'm I'm at my max cash flow yet per houses or that like. I'm financially free, although I am on paper. But in a month or so, when all these refurb's are done, I'm done. You know, yes, there could be tenant problems, but I'm done. And and James is the same, you know. And he's making more because he's got HMOS. So you know, you know what it is. There's this
1: massive, there's this massive shitstorm to start with, where everything's all over the place. And it's exactly how you said. The minute the tenants move in, a week after everything settles down, it's nice and quiet, and you're like, oh man. I'm bored now. What should I do? I've got (laughs) no issues. I've got no problems. So you go and find yourself another problem, don't you? You go and invest in something and start it all back
0: up again. It's weirdly addictive. It is, and I think like it's (sighs) Yeah, it is. It is weirdly addictive. But you know, you know what you need to do is what you did, I think, a few episodes back, is just take a break. Like not on a weekend, because that might be your break anyway. Take time on a week. Read. Maybe read because you still feel like you're doing something. Because you know us, we need to feel like we're doing something. We need to feel like we're working. Just do something, but take a break. Don't be in the grind of it, you know. Um, keep that health going. We've got a whole episode on mental health because without it, like you will break down and you will not know what to do, and d- problems become bigger. Um, but at least from mine and James's perspective, and anyone else in this chat who and listening to this who has a portfolio or has had one, um, I mean the results kind of, you know, they speak for themselves. You do everything right at the start, including getting a good tenant and agent. If you manage, then, you know, fingers crossed, it it, it can be passive. Um, and that is something they do teach you on courses. They do teach you how passive it can be. That's probably the only thing they teach you. Um, let's take some questions because actually we have quite a few questions this time. So, um, let's see, James, uh, we got two questions, uh, uh yeah jasmine says good project manager should manage but it's your business you got to do what you got to do yeah big up yourself uh sandy says this live is very valuable thanks so much do you both self-manage your properties yourself once you have the tenants in or use an agent i self-manage their single lets james what do you do uh i use a managing agent yours are hmos right yeah yeah would you ever for me just would you ever self-manage hmo i am gonna self-manage this london one fine but that's because it's literally down the road right yeah, yeah. But you'd never self manage a HMO from far away. Never. I fine. wouldn't.
1: I'm not brave. I mean even look, even Maygreen, they've got an
0: agent. Yeah. They I, manage I think things I know, from yeah, far, yeah.
1: but they but they but they have an agent, you know? They have someone to. just on side, makes yeah. The, yeah.
0: Perfect, fine. That is that question answered. Let me see some questions here. Uh okay. <laughs> Amadeep says question for both i've recently completed on a small office to hmo conversion in warrington 10? Oh, with the aim of project managing myself i'm a project manager by trade although not in construction i live in leicester unfortunately and we've now had our lockdown extended by a few weeks what three things would you recommend that i do to manage the site remotely at least for the first few weeks fuck the lockdown it's your business is what i think <laughs> someone would say but i would not say that because i'm a law-abiding citizen What did you just answer for me there? Did you, I knew you were going to say, I knew you were basically going to say that COVID barber. Um, Okay. What three things could you do to uh, remotely? For me, I would say the first thing is the builders who are on site, make sure it's crystal clear that you do not pay them um, until you see clear pictures and videos say to them, look, you need like a fucking, you need a photo shoot of every single bit of work they've done before you pay them and make it like, make it like, point blank you not get paid unless I see videos of this that's the first thing I would do is get them on the same page this is not oh I've got a Nokia 6510 I can't send pictures no go get a freaking iPhone then that's my first point James what would you say next um, I would say if you are on lockdown, maybe this might be a good time for you to
1: um, implement some kind of software that allows you to control from a distance. If you haven't already got something, even something as similar as, as as a Trello board that you can set up with your builder. And you know what? Force your builder to use it. They will say to you, I don't like technology. I don't like this nonsense. Get them to install the Trello app on their phone. It's so simple because you can add them. You can add their name and add tasks to them, set deadlines to it. And you know what? You're holding them accountable. They can upload photos to you, so you're keeping a massive log. So when it comes to payment day, they can't say to you, oh, um, you never told me this, or we never agreed this. No, you lying scumbag, it's hair on a bit of paper.
0: Good. Um, And the third one, oh, just everyone on IG, this live is going to end in 30 seconds. That's why you should join us on Zoom. Um, The third one for me would be don't expect as much progress as you would have expected if you were project managing it because if they're used to you being on site or they're used to having a project manager and suddenly it becomes digital, they're gonna slack. It's like in nature, they're going to slack a little bit more. They may not be there on time because there's no one making sure that they're there on time. So as as annoying as it is, we we'll have to lower our expectations because they will take the piss. They will sit there on Facebook. And there's nothing you can do about it. But I don't know what the terms and conditions are of this lockdown. And of course, public health and safety is first, uh, clearly shown by Boris Johnson, shaking hands, getting Corona himself and infecting everyone else in the the parliament. Public health and safety is a priority, Um, but it's your business. So, you know, maybe there's some sort of leeway that you can go when it's, I don't know, but it's your business, it's your livelihood. And the government aren't helping you exactly either, are they? I just want to add one more to that. Don't leave
1: anything to assumption. Don't assume anything. And don't assume that your builder is going to be thinking the same thing as you. And don't even think for one minute he's speaking the same language as you because builders seem to speak a totally different language to everybody else. So don't leave anything to assumption. If you need to draw on a wall or say it needs to be two centimeters from the left and five centimeters up in a black color, write that down because they will do it five centimeters from the left, 10 centimeters down in a blue color.
0: Yep. hundred percent. Uh, Chilena says when investing further away for the first time, would you recommend working with a PM for the first time, James, or do you need to gain the skills and experience yourself? Personally, me, I honestly would say do it yourself. If you're going to use a PM, make sure it's a PM. Who's happy to sort of help you learn, not just to sort of, here's your results. You kind of want, you don't want to hear the problems, but you kind of do So I would say if you're using a PM with the first one, make sure you're kind of a lot more hands-on. You know, if the builder and the PM have a WhatsApp chat, make it into a group and be in it. You know, you don't have to actively do stuff, but I think you have to learn in some way, shape or form. You know what though? I think it's quite good to do it yourself because when you get a PM who's good, you appreciate them and you are happy to pay them the money because you're like, fuck me. I know what you're going through. So have my money. That's what I think.
1: Mm. and that's some good points there i think it comes back down to what you want from it do you want to learn the trade or do you just want to be investing in property and building a property portfolio if you do leave it all up to your pm if you want to be a little bit more hands-on maybe shadow your pm turn up to more site meetings and like ted said be involved in all communication so you know what's going on um
0: so you're not being left out yeah i agree uh amin says have you finished the book deep work have you finished it james no, not Yeah. Not
1: yeah.
0: Okay. Do you recommend it? I finished it and you know what? I, I'm one of these people who doesn't like reading a whole book. I love reading, but I don't like reading a whole book to get a few messages like rich dad, poor dad have more assets and liabilities, blah, blah. But I think maybe it's a scientist in me. cause he's a scientist, Cal, the author, he really goes through like a lot of evidence and explains a lot of stuff and then gives you, you know, three or four key processes you can implement. I'm someone you might notice who's a bit erratic. Um, in a positive way. And my mind is a ab- bit and I don't like to focus. I'm not very good at focusing. So like I will multitask so much, but this book has given me some techniques and structure to my days that I now feel more fulfilled at the end of the day. It comes to six and I'm, I'm still working to whatever, but I'm like, okay, dinner time. I'm like, oh, f- my brain has been fucking used today. Like I feel good. I feel productive. <laughs> um, which As much as I was productive before, I didn't feel that. And you know what? I I strongly recommend it. I think it's amazing. James, you're sort of partway through it. Would you echo that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, it's a great book, man. Learning some really deep things. Like you, man, I want to, yeah, I know it from people I've spoken to. They've really said that it's helped them to just focus their attention when they're working and just be in deep work. Um, So, yeah, I'm looking forward to finishing it off, but I'm taking my time with it.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Cool. I think that covers all the questions. Uh, Thank you everyone for joining us today. And again, we need to say this at the beginning of the podcast, James, but we never do. Um, Please do take a screenshot of this and share it on
1: your socials and tag us both in. Uh, So yeah, we'll just give you a little smile. If anybody wants to take a screenshot.
0: Please, yeah, please do. We, if we need, we need to have this written on our freaking foreheads so we see it the first time when we start the podcast. Because
1: I think we should have an intro scheme that just kind of waits there for a minute and it has
0: all the stuff on it. We need an intro it. for the property duo. We need yeah. like a skit done. We need a jingle. We should sing it ourselves. Oh, let's do it. Let's auto tune it. Let's use a T Pain app. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's t paint the intro. 100%. We're doing it. Hundred. I don't care. We're doing it. It's going to sound crap, but we're doing it. Right. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today on the Property Duo, the two people in property who talk about property and other stuff. Next week, um, I'm going to be joining you live, live from my service accommodation because I'm staying there next week in my investment area because Airbnb is closed in my investment area for some reason. It's literally off. So my um, essay, honestly, is pretty fricking nice. So I'll take you around a tour of it and we'll talk about something. We'll talk about something then. So
1: yeah. And, and just off the back of that, Ted, I think what we should do, cause you're showing them something nice. As soon as I've got, uh, the building works that starts in this rogue HMO, I'd yes. love to take everybody around with a camera and just show you what can happen to your house when you haven't got a great agent and you know, you'll see how bad it is. And, you know, um, yeah, I feel kind of uh, really embarrassed about it, but I think people need to see what can happen if, uh, you have a dodgy agent
0: if we can be uh, less distanced and my um, coronavirus police of a girlfriend lets me let's come and let's film it on an slr and do a proper homes under the hammer in your house proper Mate, we could even
1: interview the tenants that are moving out for the experiences that they've had
0: Ooh-hoo. Ooh, this is sick all right see everyone next <laughs> week bye take care bye-bye If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on
1: Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.